Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Gobbler Country's Talking Turkey. I'm here with Brian Manning, my regular co-host, and he's just as bummed out as I am. Brian, how you doing? I'm doing good, John. Just bored. Yeah, I know. Working from home. I count myself lucky because I can telecommute. I know of so many people that are starting to slip out the door and they aren't working and they're kind of scared. So hopefully maybe we pick everybody up a little bit. We have a whole lot to talk about because the ACC, and courtesy of the bug that's running around, the ACC has decided that nobody's going to play any sports at all, which means that we are kind of talking about old news and some new news, and we're going to introduce a once-a-week 15-minute segment. Maybe it'll stretch a little bit. I'd like to I'd like to go over some of the things that were really encouraging about the season. And you and I were kind of talking about it. Okay, yeah, it's disappointing that they weren't going to finish. And I really wanted to get over there and see both of these teams. Both sides of the diamond, the baseball and the softball teams were tearing it up this year. The baseball team ended up, before they dropped the hammer on everything, it was 11-5. and five. They had a 1-2 one, one and two ACC record because we had a tight, tight series away with Georgia Tech. That was three games where there was a two-run difference in the games we lost. So the baseball team under John Sheff seems to have made a very, very big turnaround. Our starting pitching was amazing. I think the ERA for college ERA was down around two, three, which is almost a pro ERA. You had Ian Seymour, Chris Girard. Well, Ian Seymour and Chris Girard were the big starters that really hit this year. Everybody else seemed to be coming along, and the sticks were finally starting to connect with the balls, and the balls were going places, and they weren't long balls. They were playing baseball. When your catcher is stealing bases, that's pretty cool. So, I mean, they were base running. They were doing some pretty special stuff, and it would have been a really great season to watch unfold, but I guess that one isn't going to happen. And then the sad thing is the softball team was 21-4, and They were the only team this season that swept UVA in Charlottesville. I mean, the softball players never got a chance to come home. They never played a game at home. Their first game at home was going to be March 13th against NC State. So that was really disappointing because I wanted to get over there and get some pictures. 
I got a pretty good relationship with the guys, the media guys or teams, and it would have been nice to have gotten some pictures and gotten uh, a little notice for the, especially for the softball team that most people never really pay attention to. And let me see, we got wrestling, the wrestling team, they didn't finish up the ACC tournament. So nobody had an ACC champion. There was a regular season champion. We weren't, but you know, there's the tournament and really the tournament's the big deal. So it's also the big deal for picking the NCAA seating and that all went out the door and that, you know, the wrestling team did pretty well this year. They didn't do as well in the ACC as they wanted to, but they really churned it up this year. And the one last thing I wanted to talk about something that's also, we've both talked about before, which is the women's basketball team, which I guess out of all of them, they probably got the worst raw deal out of all this cancellation because they got finished with their season. They were 21 and nine. This is last year's team. I'm not even going to look up last year's schedule because it was not good. This year, they were 21 and nine, and they just played some really good basketball this season. They were 11 seven in the ACC. And it would have been nice. It looked like you know, we're going to get an at large bid to the NCAA tournament. And that's really disappointing for them because they played, you know, there are a couple of ladies on that team that are now departing because they're graduating. It deserved a little bit more recognition than what they got. One thing I do want to say is, is that we do have this very special uh, young lady. She's six, five from North Carolina. Her name is Elizabeth Kitley, who won the ACC freshman player of the year. So that is a real big notice because she could have been an MVP candidate, whether she was a freshman or not. She was good and she is going to be good. She's going to be a real presence on the court next year. We've never had a big person in the middle and she's, she's controlling. She gets in there, she gets her body position, she gets on that high, you know, goes between the high and low post. She'll finger roll it in from eight feet put it down on the floor and come around on somebody. I'm very impressed with her. She's a really good basketball player. So I know you've been listening. I'm going to leave a few seconds of this to you. If you have anything to say on the wrap up of all this, I'm just want to, you know, give you a chance to talk to. Yeah. It's very disappointing for the lady Hokies as they had a really good team this year and definitely were in play for a at-large bid. It wasn't a matter of if they were definitely going to get that. And Coach Kenny Brooks has done a great job rebuilding that program, and they were one of the better teams in the ACC this year, and that's very disappointing on that front. And while we discussed the men's team, most of all, there's no doubt that they were the the women's team was the much better team this year. And, and speaking of the men's team, I do think that the record that the Hokies had this year was about what we expected, maybe even a little bit better when it's all said and done because there was so much of a loss in talent from last year. I'm in that court. I thought we were going to have a sub-500 season this year because of all that, like I said, I keep saying this, six freshmen, uh, one of which is a high school senior, Jalen Cohn, who turned out to be one of the better freshmen too. So Yeah, that, lead, yeah, that, that leads us into the player who left, which was Landers Nolly, who's entered the transfer portal. Well, that, of course, it doesn't mean he's leaving. He's gone. He's not coming back from from everything I've heard. There's no chance he's coming back. It's not that he's not welcome back. I just I don't think it was a good fit for him here. And as the ACC play began anyway, Nolly's efficiency tanked. I mean, he was really good in the November and December and in early January, and he had a few moments in, in between in the January through March. He had some moments, but he was so inconsistent. His shot was bad. His accuracy was bad. And he took ill-advised shots, and while he – 
his efficiency tanked. It was Tyrese Radford who was the one who who picked up everything. He was incredible. Six one freshman, unheralded. I mean, no one even talked about him last year. And yeah, who he's knew? Gonna be a real player. He's he was actually, he was special. He, he's the best. He and Jalen Cone are special kids. He's, well, we we knew we knew Cone could be special. There's yeah. no question about that. We didn't know anything about Radford. He was unheralded. Uh, I think he was like a priority walk on, but he's a special player. If he can get a jump shot, what a player! He's going to be an All ACC player. Yeah, I I agree. I think what what I really like about him though is he's not afraid to get in there. He's not afraid yeah. to duck in and and go grab a ball off the boards. That's something that we've been missing for a while. And he'll follow up a shot and get in when everybody else has bailed and headed toward the other side. And I think he saved quite a few points this year doing that. So I'd like to see him continue that effort. He's our surprise player of the season. We'll just put that as Gobbler Country's surprise player of the season was Tyrese Radford. At this point, we're going to talk about a little bit about the future. We know everything is going to come back. The spring game's been canceled. The spring practices, I don't even know what they're doing. They can't do anything legally, I guess. They have to shut it down. But everybody else is in the same bucket, too. I'm really not thrilled with that because football is a conditioning sport. The spring practice and everything is a learning time. It's a conditioning and learning time. And 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 I'm not real thrilled with the decision because it was a it's an environment that can be very limited, even if there were no fans, and even if they did cancel the spring game, that they continued the practice and just kept it closed and kept it quarantined so that these kids could actually work, work together and learn, you know, close up the Beamer barn, make sure everybody's got, you know, nobody's sick or anything so that it doesn't spread and go and practice. And and I think there are going to be a lot of teams that are going to be hurt by that this year. And I think there are going to be a lot of injuries that are going to happen in yeah, the fall. The Hokies are, um, it, it always benefits you to have those spring practices. I think teams with new coaches will definitely be the teams that, that hurt more than programs like the Hokies who have a lot of returning talent. And we do have some new coaches in place, especially like Justin Hamilton, which those guys could use that spring work for sure. I think the teams with new head coaches who are overhauling everything will definitely be at a disadvantage due to this. Yeah, a pure football coaching perspective, I can probably see what's on their notepads right now about how they'd really like to be able to do something. You're going to hurt these kids, you know, and, and nobody's listening. So it, it, at this point, I mean, we can't lament anymore. We're just going to have to, we will. Okay. We've got about two and a half left for this segment. And I, you and I just chatted real quick before we started recording this. What we're going to do is over the next few months until August, really, we're going to be doing some interesting things. We're going to try to get some interviews. We're going to try to get a couple of series of articles that we're going to talk about. I'm going to be doing a series of articles about about some, what's, what some people were lamenting about last year. Like, gee, we never seem to be able, are we ever going to get to the national championship? Well, I, it's a series that I call Teams in the Twilight. There are a lot of teams besides Virginia Tech who are in that twilight, and I was, we're going to have a series discussing what it is and is there ever going to be a possibility that we could ever break that cycle, which I don't see, but but we'll we'll see it as the series goes on. Have you got anything planned interesting from your from your desk? Oh, no, I think 
what we can do over the next few months is, is dig into some player interviews, past player interviews. I know there's several, several players in the past who have spoken to who will join us on the podcast. Some of those names will keep us a surprise and, and we'll keep trying to reach out to some of the recruits. I know the Tyree Saunders interview went over well with everyone. What a wonderful kid he was to talk to and a bright future he has. And I think we can expect to see some of that moving forward. Yeah, we're going to try to keep it alive. We're going to be writing. I got Nate Reynolds, who's who's doing his best to try to cover some of the basketball stuff. We might be filching pro soccer stuff. We do have some football news real quick to wrap up on. Logan Thomas is coming home. He's been picked up by Ron Rivera and the Washington Redskins. Kendall Fuller's coming home. He's been picked up by the Redskins. So I think the Skins have a total of four or six players, either on the practice squad or in the uh, on the main roster. It's four uh, right now, but right. I don't know that I expect Stroman right now uh, Stroman to make it next year. I'm not saying he won. I hope he does, but bringing in Kendall Fuller and I, and I expect them to sign another guy before the while this free agency period is. I think they're going to sign someone else too, and could be looking to draft someone there too because that's the worst spot on arguably the worst spot on the team that in tight end. So that's why Logan Thomas is seeing, is coming in. But I think Logan wasn't really signed to be the starter there. He's signed to bring in depth, but I definitely see him being a part of the team. Yeah, I think he'll make it what I always say ever since I started writing for this august little institution of ours, Logan Thomas should have been, I mean, we didn't have a choice, but Logan Thomas should have always been a tight end. And I'm I'm really happy that he's stuck in the NFL for as long as he has. As a t- yeah, he's a reserve tight end, but you know what? That's a football contract, and he's playing pro football, and I think that's wonderful. And he's been doing it for a few years. I was thrilled. For, I was thrilled that Kendall Fuller came back because I was always upset that he was traded in the first place. So to get him back, he got a nice deal too. Four years, up to forty million um, was the contract he signed. That's a good deal for him. Happy to see that. The Fuller boys are great kids, and they're great representatives of Virginia Tech, too. With that, we're going to wrap it up for the evening, and it is a beautiful evening. I mean, it was warm today in the 70s, and hopefully some of this warm burns off, but it's supposed to be dipping back down into the cool again by the end of the week. But we're going to keep you guys up to date, as informed as possible, and we're going to keep some new series going. So hang in there and hang in with us, please. That's it for today. I'm going to, we normally don't date it, but right now I'm going to date this because it's kind of important. It's the 19th of March, and hopefully by the middle of summer, all of this clears away and we're talking about live getting ready for fall practice, right? Yeah, let's hope. Yep, let's hope. Okay, everybody, go Hokies. Go Hokies. Go Hokies.